If you want a Bible, you can grab it. Today we're going to be in uh, Matthew 23, so if you want to, if you want to get ahead to where we're going to be eventually, you can go there. But we're not going to be there for a little bit. Um, all right, so we're in a series that Jeff started last week, and it's called "What Would Jesus Undo?" And I know that you've probably heard this theme, but I just want to repeat it: that it's easy to look out in the world and see brokenness and hurt pain, and we could rant about what we think is wrong for hours, right? We can complain about what we think is wrong in the world. We can point fingers. My, my parents growing up, they always said, when you point a finger, there's always three fingers pointing back at you, right? It's like the cheesiest thing, but it's so true. It's like, I hate you, but you're right. Um, whenever we point out that that's the, there's a problem out there, there's always something pointing back at us. Because the seed for every evil thing that you see in the world, that seed exists in your heart. The seed for all the racism that you see in the world, the seed of all the destruction and pain that you see in the world, the seed of all those things exists in our heart, and if we're not careful, it can grow. And so if you want to undo the brokenness in the world, you have to undo the brokenness first in your heart. You have to let Jesus do a work on your heart. And so last week... Jeff talked about how we have to undo the indifference in our heart. We have to undo the, the, the way that we, we have a limited view of who our neighbor is. We have to undo that perspective. Uh, and, and today we're talking about how we need to undo another thing in our heart, and that's hypocrisy. Who in here knows in their life, maybe it's your friends, family, who knows a hypocrite? Anyone know a hypocrite in your life? <laughs> Some people are already getting nervous and looking around at other people. Um, it's just super great uh, because it's so easy. This is one of the things. It's really easy to identify hypocrisy in somebody else. And when I was in high school, I would sit in the wall room, and whenever someone would give a sermon, I'd be like, I wish they were here to hear this. Oh, if only they were here, that one sermon would really change them, and it would really turn them around and teach them a lesson. We're not playing that game today. This is about you. It's about your heart. Um, it's about where are we at. So hypocrisy is not the gap between what you wish you did and what you did. I wish I didn't open the fridge and eat that cake, right? I wish I wouldn't have done that. I said I wasn't going to do that, but I got up you know, at, at midnight and I ate that piece of cake. It's not the gap between what you wish you did and what you did. It's not, oh, I wish I wouldn't have lusted and I lusted. Oh, I wish I wouldn't have been a total JA, but I was. That's, not, that's just sin, okay? That's just sin. Hypocrisy is over here. Hypocrisy is the gap between um, what we say um, what we, who we say we are, and how we actually live. Hypocrisy is the gap between the public image that you put out there and, and the private life you're living. Hypocrisy is a mask. The word hypocrite in Greek, it actually refers to a stage actor, someone that would wear a mask in a play. So a hypocrite says, this is, this, uh, a hypocrite is faking it, is acting, is pretending, while meanwhile, they're actually living in a different way. Do you guys get the difference between... Just like, I mean, hypocrisy is sin, but it's a special type of sin. Do you guys tracking with this? When you think of Jesus, you think of, like, just when you close your eyes and you imagine the ministry of Jesus, and you imagine how he would love people and heal people and forgive people, and, like, people who are tax collectors, people who had blown it in their life, people who had exploited the poor, people who had just blown it, Jesus, when they owned up, Jesus would love these people. People who had, had done terrible things, Jesus would love them. But there was one group of people that Jesus had zero tolerance for, that Jesus was ticked with. And I think it's the group that, honestly, we relate to the most. 
And so it frustrates me. Sometimes we go to camps, and I feel like sometimes our camp speakers don't hit this. They might hit people who have blown it, people who have screwed up, and, and, and yeah, grace and forgiveness, but I, sometimes they don't hit the group of people who are faking it and pretending. And I feel like we get so good at that, right? We get so good at sharing just enough in small groups. We, we know we can share just enough so people will think we're being genuine, think we're being honest, but meanwhile, there's a whole other list of things that we're hiding from people. We get so good at being fake. Has anyone ever just been fake and pretended and like, right? Yeah, we do this. Um, um, we do this especially on social media. Um, like, we filter everything. We get the highlights of our life. And sometimes what we see on social media um, is not accurate to what things are actually like. And I saw this, um, there's a documentary Vicky and I watched recently. I don't recommend it, but it was awesome. Um, and it's called The Fire Festival. Anyone heard this? The Fire Festival. Okay. There's this guy. His name is Billy McFarland. Billy McFarland and Ja Rule. Ja Rule, have you, has anyone seen the Fire Festival documentaries? There's one like on Hulu and Netflix. Okay, so a lot of you have seen it. If you haven't, I'll describe what happens. So Billy McFarlane and his, his friend Ja, they, first name basis. Um, they, they have this, um, this idea to have this crazy festival, and it's going to be unlike any, anything else. They're going to host it in the Bahamas on Pablo Escobar's private island, and they get all of these um, influencers on social media, all these models, people who have thousands of followers, they, they get them to go down to the Bahamas and um, they, they film this promo reel, this advertisement, and it's like showing how this is gonna be a time where you're gonna party with models, you're gonna drink a ton, there's gonna be, Blink-182 is gonna be there, they hire all these artists that are gonna be there. Blink-182, right? If you're going to the Bahamas to see Blink-182, there's something wrong. Um, unless you're really into them, you deserve what you get. Um, so um, they're two, it's supposed to happen over two weekends in April and May, um, and so all these models, they post an orange tile um, at the same time, the fire tile. Everyone gets excited. It sells out within like, uh, like 24 hours. And so like the, the starting package ticket costs like 500 bucks. But a, a lot of these, like there's luxury villas, $25,000. You can get a yacht and you can party like Pablo Escobar on a yacht. Right? Who wouldn't want to do that? So all these millennials with all their money somehow, they... <laughs> sorry, money is, means debt if... You didn't know. Um, they all spend all their money, and it sells out, and then they all, they all are super excited. And here's the thing, though, because I want you to see this. this is, there's a difference between what they were selling and saying versus what actually happened. Um, and I think we have some pictures. Um, so, okay, yeah, they said that they were going to have this private 747 plane. If you've seen the commercial, I was going to show it, but it's pretty inappropriate. Um, <laughs> thank you. Why have you seen it? <laughs> I'm just kidding. Um, instead, they get, they're, they're, they get these airplanes that they've like, they painted like the, the fire logo on the side. Um, they said that the ticket was going to include five-star gourmet food, um, but instead they got um, this, sandwiches, cheese. Look at that salad, isn't it? Yeah, someone posted this on Instagram. We got a ton. People were posting from the fire festival how terrible it was. And people here were laughing because they didn't spend that money. Um, they thought they were going to have these cool artists, like 182 is going to perform, but the band dropped out. They actually posted on their social media. They're like, yeah, this can't, uh, we, there's not, we, we can't basically have the performance that we would want to, that our fans are used to. And you're like, what? Like 182? Uh, so the festival goers, they were promised luxury, eco-friendly domes and villas that were included in the price. It's crazy. When you watch the documentary, they actually like, the whole time, they haven't actually, they, what they've said they're going to provide, they weren't able to get. So they promised this, but instead they get these hurricane disaster relief tents. 
And there's a storm right before the, the guests come, so like half the tents aren't even set up. And the, everyone gets there, and it's like crazy Hunger Games style, because people are like, fighting to get a tent, pushing people out of tents, stealing mattresses from tents. It's intense. That's. <laughs> yeah! Cheers. Not even in my notes. <laughs> um, seriously, it was. <laughs> I've been preaching a while. All right. So, anyways, um, there is this difference between perception, uh, expectation, what it, what it looks like it's going to be, and what it actually is. Um, and so people were, were really ticked. They actually they wanted to party with their friends on the beach, but they end up a lot of them were trapped in an airport. There's scenes of the security <laughs> guards locking them in the airport with no food and no water, which. That's not my love language at all, being trapped in a small space with people I don't know. Um, <laughs> stresses me out right now. Um, hypocrisy is the gap between what we say and what actually happens. What, who, we, who we say we are and what, what, what's actually going on. Um, so this is, this is a great example. Social media is a great example. Um, and a lot of times people might say to you, has anyone ever said to you, I would go to church, but they're just a bunch of hypocrites. Has anyone ever said that as a reason why they might not want to go to church or might not want to hang out? Or If you haven't heard that, you're going to hear it eventually. Someone's like, yeah, I would go, but they're all fake. They, they say they do these things. They say that they're great. They lift their hands on Sunday, and then they strangle somebody on Wednesday, right? They say those things. That was really graphic. I'm so sorry. PG-13. Um, and, and as a pastor, what I, would, I used to say this, and by used to say, I kind of said it until like last week when I realized I probably shouldn't say this anymore, when I was wrestling through. This is a really hard sermon, by the way, because this is like, man, to wrestle through these things is crazy because God was showing a lot of things in my own heart and my own life. But um, as a pastor, you, I would say this line. Someone would say, I don't want to go because there's a lot of hypocrites. And then I would say this. You've probably heard it before. Room for one more. <laughs> <laughs> it's a joke! <laughs> I don't want to go to your church, there's a lot of hypocrites. Yeah, there are, but, and you too, come join it. Like, this is like a joke. It's a terrible joke, and I realize it's bad now. Um, here's why it's bad. Because there are people that have been really hurt by the church. Really hurt by the church. Maybe you've been hurt by the church, or you've been hurt by just someone who you thought they were this person, and you looked up to them, and then you realized they're not like that at all. When I was in high school, my freshman year, I went to freshman homecoming, Oh, man, I was never the same after freshman homecoming because I went into it. This is great. And I remember seeing there was a group of seniors. There was this one guy in particular I'm thinking of, a uh, senior, senior guy, a real spiritual leader in the high school group, looked up to him a lot. Um, he was the one that poured into me, cared about me. I mean, just like, I don't know, I felt like he was my big brother. And I remember going into the dance, right, which is already a shocking thing if you've never been to, like, a dance, like a dance. You know, and you're looking in, you're like, Wow. What's happening? Oh, my goodness. Wow. If you've been to a dance, you know what I'm looking at. Um, we should teach. We'll, we'll have dance lessons, right? Timothy will teach everybody to dance later because we, we struggle with knowing how to dance. Um, but anyways, I look in, and I go up to this guy, and I, and I run to him, and I say, hey, it's me. And then I just smell the alcohol in his breath. And he's just trashed. And he starts cussing at me. He pushes me away and pushes me out of the circle. And at Oh, yeah, it was, man, all my, I had idolized him, and all that kind of broke apart in that moment. And in that moment, he lost that place in my life where I, I almost left the church because I thought he was the church. He kind of represented Jesus for me, um, and it, it totally just broke me. Um, 
I've had people in my own life, there's someone in my, my own family who like didn't go to church for six years because she was abused by the church. Um, and so there's two things I want to say. One thing is like hypocrisy. Jesus, he's so ticked at hypocrites because we have so much power to do hurt. Um, and so this is a warning. So if you're starting to feel a little like, oh gosh, yeah, like that just means you're self-aware and you probably have stuff in your life that the Holy Spirit is showing you. And that's, it's a healthy thing to be like, oh wow, I might have hypocrisy in my life. So I want, I want you to see that. I want you to see that. I want you to feel the weight of that because one action that you do that's out of line with who you say you are, one action can kind of just destroy somebody else. And on the other side of that, I want to say that you will have leaders in your life who blow it and you need to differentiate the difference between a leader who says they're a Christian and Jesus. Okay, is if someone blows it, that is not a reason for you to stop being a Christian. I've had people who said, oh, I really was about this, and then the pastor blew it, and they did this, and so I just stopped going to church, and, because that whole thing's a sham. No. Just because someone blows it who says they're a Christian doesn't mean the whole thing's a sham. Um, and I just get upset when hypocrites leave the church, or when, sorry, when people leave the church because they're hypocrites, because you see Jesus, and he's most ferocious against hypocrites. So if you're upset with hypocrisy, stay here. Please stay here and echo the words of Jesus because Jesus is more pissed than you'll ever be with hypocrites. Stay here. Don't leave. Don't run. We need you here. We need you. Um, so don't just use that as a, a reason to, to jet because leaders are sinful. Jesus rails on hypocrisy. He, he rails on people who pray out loud just for people to see them, who give just so people can, can give them attention, who fast just to be seen. He rails on people who do things to impress, but they're taking advantage of the poor. Um, Paul has some words for that. In Titus 1.16, he says, They claim to know God, but by their actions they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. In Titus 1.16. Um, so if you have your Bibles, you can open up to Matthew 25. Um, sorry, Matthew 23. I'm just going to read a selection from what is called kind of a, the woe section. It's, it's Jesus' woes. And not like, whoa, it's like, whoa. It's like his, uh, he's condemning, he's calling out. Um, and one thing that's interesting is most people, they're like, oh, the Pharisees suck, they're awful. But actually, like Nicodemus, like Paul, um, we actually have records that a lot of Pharisees actually come around. Because people who fake it and say they have everything together, Jesus has to shake them. Because they have influence, and he needs to get to what's really going on in their heart. Um, People who have said, no, actually, I've blown it. I need help. And that's where there's love. That's where there's just this grace. People who say that they have it all together, though, Jesus is ticked. He, uh, Jesus said to the crowds and to the disciples, the teachers of the law and the Pharisees sit in Moses' seat, so you must be careful to do everything they tell you. But don't do what they do, for they don't practice what they preach. They tie up heavy, cumbersome loads and put them on other people's shoulders, but they themselves are not willing to lift a finger to move them. Um, skip down to verse 13. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You shut the door of the kingdom of heaven in people's faces. You yourselves do not enter, nor will you let those enter who are trying to. Verse 15. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You're hearing that word again and again. You travel over land and sea to win a single convert, and when you have succeeded, you make them twice as much a child of hell as you are. Whoa. Woe to you, blind guides. 
you blind fools. Okay, later he, he, he says, um, and anyone who swears by the temple swears by it and by the one who dwells in it. Anyone who swears by heaven swears by God's throne. So he's just going off. Woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. So he, you can go through and you can read this if you just want to feel awesome this week. Go through and read this whole um, Matthew 23. Um, but verse 25, woe to you, teachers of the law and Pharisees, you hypocrites. You clean the outside of the cup and the dish, but inside... You're full of greed and self-indulgence. So they clean the outside. Everything looks good on the outside, but inside there's all this crud. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup and dish, and then outside you will be clean. So he just goes off, and it goes on and on and on, and it's, it's pretty intense. Jesus doesn't hold back um, with the hypocrites. Um, three types of hypocrites that you're going to list on your sheet. First, ang- the angry hypocrite. You might know angry hypocrites, and they're people uh, who you shouldn't drink, you can't do drugs, you shouldn't gossip, how dare you do this, and, and they kind of go off, and they're just angry, and they, they're, they're, you shouldn't do any of these things. Meanwhile, in private, they're doing those things, or they have secret addictions in their life. Or, yeah, you shouldn't do any of these things. Meanwhile, they're just super self-righteous and prideful. And so you have angry, has anyone ever encountered an angry hypocrite in your life, right? Someone who says, you shouldn't do these things. And meanwhile, um, they have a ton of stuff. So you have angry hypocrites. You also have happy hypocrites. Happy hypocrites. Um, and I kind of picture these as people where um, everything is awesome. It's so great. Yay. Yeah. Everything is awesome. Meanwhile, my life is terrible and I have a lot of doubts about faith and whether or not this Jesus thing is really true. Everything is awesome. <laughs> Meanwhile, I have secret addictions in my life and I feel like I'm a failure and I don't know who I am and I don't know if I have a purpose and meaning in my life. Everything is awesome, but I have a really hard time reading my Bible. I have a really hard time praying. Everything is awesome, but I feel super lonely and depressed and I think I might suffer from anxiety. Everything is awesome, right? We sing, like Emmett from, from Lego Movie, we sing that thing, but really there's stuff going on. And you sound so happy. And if someone were to ask you, how are you? You'd be like, praise the Lord. Everything is great. I am so great. How are you doing? Yay. Um, meanwhile, that's not true at all. Um, we're happy hypocrites when things are actually falling apart. And we feel like we have to keep it all together. And we have to hide how we're really doing. And we have to hide our doubts. Where'd you get that from? Where do we get that from? Why can't we be honest? Really, where do we pick this up from? Because Jesus, man, he rails against people who pretend, who say everything is awesome when things aren't awesome. Why are we doing this? Stop. Let's stop. What if we were a place where we could be honest? Well, it's scary. People are going to find out what's going on. You're only as free as you are honest. When I was in um, high school, um, I remember at every camp, there would be that moment where they'd say, all right, who wants to confess your sins or who wants to restart, right? And I was a worship leader. Um, it's like around my sophomore year. And there was stuff that I really felt like I was being fake about. Like I, I was pretending that I was a certain person, but I, you know, in, in my private life and, and with different friends from school, I compartmentalized my faith, where I could be a really good Christian at church and act like a totally different person at school, and I thought that was okay. Uh, I didn't really see a problem with that, but um, I remember at every camp, there would be that moment 
where I could confess. I could own up to it. But I don't know if you've ever had that moment where it's like you haven't confessed for a long time about something and you feel like kind of the ship has sailed or like you missed the bus. Like, man, I wasn't at at Wednesday and I didn't put the ashes in the fire. Oh, hey, I I know I should have done that at at winter camp and I should have, you know, started over with God, but I didn't because it was going to be weird and people were going to be like judging me. And sometimes you feel like you can miss the boat to being honest about something. I just want to tell you, it's never too late to own up. It's never too late to be honest. Um... Billy McFarlane in the fire festival. He had so many chances. Everyone around him was like, there's no water here. Literally, we have to ship in water from outside. And he's like, no, it's going to be great. Everything is awesome. And they kept telling him truth, but he kept faking it. And he was the third type of hypocrite. The hypocrite that, man, this is a big thing, the delusional hypocrite. And he had so many chances where he could own up, where he could take off the mask, but he didn't. Um, And he just kind of kept riding it out. Um, And so that that was for me. When I was in high school, I just kept going with it. I was just delusional. I, I didn't see how the hypocrisy was hurting me. Um, that's interesting. When, when in Psalm 139, uh, in Scripture, it says, that the, uh, see if there be any wicked way in me. And in Hebrew, that, that wicked way, what that, that phrase means is, see if there be anything that's causing me pain, that, that, that sin actually causes us pain. And if we don't own up, if we're not honest about it, it's actually destroying us from the inside. Um, and so I, I, I just, I didn't own up to it. But then there was a point, it was like junior year in high school, where I remember there was just, I don't know, something had happened where we all felt super open with my guys. I remember we said this phrase, and I hope you say this phrase. I hope maybe this week you find a counselor and you say this phrase to them. Are you in your small group? You say this phrase. This phrase is where healing begins. The phrase is this. So if you want to write it down, you can't. Um, I have never told anyone this. But I have never told anyone this, but. And you might not even know things about yourself that you find out in a week, and you're like, whoa, I didn't know I struggled with this. And you go to your group and you say, hey, I've never told anyone this, but I just found out this is what's going on. Um, Jesus has no tolerance for hypocrisy, but he has unlimited grace for a sinner in need of forgiveness. That's why he says, You clean the outside of the cup and dish, but inside you're full of greed and self-indulgence. Blind Pharisee, first clean the inside of the cup. So there's hope for the hypocrite. Clean the inside. Let God's grace come on the inside. Proverbs 28, 13. Whoever conceals their sins doesn't prosper, but the one who confesses and renounces them finds mercy. Um, So you have this gap between who people think you are, what you're projecting, and what you actually do. And here's what I want you to remember as we end this. Remember this. Do not close the gap between who you say you are and what you're actually doing. Don't close the gap by trying to be a better person. Don't close the gap with working harder. Close the gap with Christ. He is your righteousness. His grace is for you. But you can only do that when you're honest. Jesus rails on the hypocrites because they're not being honest. But when you're honest, he has unlimited grace for you. Um, okay, so here, here's the deal. Um, I can't finish this sermon. <laughs> Only you can. There's three ways this ends. Three ways. The first way is you can, God, where, where, where am I living two lives? Where am I faking it? Where am I pretending? Where am I projecting? And it's not true. And you can say, hey, God, I'm sorry. I'm owning up to this. And you can tell someone, 
and you can tell your leader, and you can own up and you can receive forgiveness. Hypocrisy ends in three ways. You, you own up, and you take off the mask. Second way, the second way is you just keep going, and maybe one day you get caught. Some of us, we really need to get caught. Being caught is actually so great. Have you ever been caught and you're just relieved? Thank goodness someone caught me because I was dumb and I was just going to keep going. The second thing is you might just get caught. Because one of your church friends is going to hang out with one of your school friends, or one of your parents is going to call you out on something because you're not doing what you said you were going to do at church. Like, somehow you're going to get caught. And you can, you can keep lying, you can double down like Billy McFarland, or you can say, yeah. Um, so you can own it, you can get caught. The third way is nothing happens. And you never, you never own it. And you just keep going. And you live your whole life pretending like you're someone you're not. And you live your whole life with anxiety, feeling like you're going to get caught. And sometimes God just says, all right, have that life. Have that life. And he lets you go. And that's God's passive wrath. That's God saying, okay, you wanted this? You were in love with that? You were about that? Okay. If you're not honest with your sin, then I can't, the grace can't be received. Um, so that, that's, that's where this can go. Um, own it, get caught. Just nothing. Um, so how's it going to end? That's the question for you. How is it going to end? Um, so we hope this could be a place. Trinity's house group, I hope it's not a place where people feel like they have to have it all together. We are struggling, fighting. We have bruises. We're pushing our way through. We don't have it all together. Um, but I think we can really grow in this idea of taking off our masks. Stop being surprised when people, like, own up to sin. Oh, I never thought that could happen. No, whoa, wow, okay, that's, that's going on. Let me pray for you. How can I walk alongside you? Let's not be surprised. We should expect we struggle because we're sinners. Um, amen? Amen. amen.